0: Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on CagesidePress.com. I'm Daniel Cumpie-Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonti. UFC back in the apex this weekend, although it was supposed to be in London, for Darren Dill versus Derek Brunson. We will, of course, be doing fights, dogs, and parlays yet again and breaking down that matchup as well as some of our other fights And some underdogs and parlays that we think are going to make your wallet fat this weekend. And we're on a little bit of a heater, so I highly suggest checking out that segment. Plus, as you guys know, I always bring you the interviews you've come to know and love. First, I will be interviewing Modestus Bukoskis before his fight with Khalil Roundtree. He talks about changing camps and getting better for this fight. And then, fresh off of his win, I'll be talking to Dustin Jacoby. He talks about the win itself, getting a big finish. An inch and in ever so close to those rankings. But before we get to any of that great content, I got to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports bettor, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. It's like the YouTube for sports gambling. Head on over to betterthan.vegas, browse, search, and follow handicappers and sports personalities as they give you their thoughts on upcoming sports contests in every sport imaginable. In fact, every single week, I head on over to Better Than Vegas and drop you one of my bonus picks. That's right, a bonus pick that you can only catch on the Top Turtle MMA page on Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now.
1: The hosts are ready.
0: The fighters are ready. Listeners, make some noise if you are for Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. All right, and joining me now is Modestus Bukowski, who fights Khalil Roundtree at UFC Vegas 36 this upcoming weekend. So. Before we get into that fight, Modestus, I do want to talk about your last couple of fights because you're obviously coming off a very tough split decision loss to Michelle Oleshejuk, a, a fight that a lot of people thought you had won. Were you surprised with the result? And, and if so, what was sort of the mentality going back to the gym and the fight that you thought you walked away the winner?
1: yeah so i mean you know when i initially heard the decision i was like i i i'm not going to lie to you i felt pretty confident that that i had that one in the bag um i thought it was quite an entertaining fight and obviously i watched it back and i and yeah i mean i look i watched it back and i still i still think i won that fight but at the end of the day you know what uh, what what can you do the main thing that was good for, good for me was that it brought a lot of attention. A lot of people were talking about it. So win or lose, you know, it had people's heads turning. The heads, people saying, "Oh yeah, well that was a good fight," and this and that. So um you know although the result uh wasn't what we wanted at least we got you know we got people talking the, the bad thing was obviously having a, another l on your record uh which isn't good and obviously having my second loss in a row so the, and obviously not getting the full paycheck so yeah there's there seems to have been a lot of uh a lot of a lot of neg- negatives obviously associated with it but um literally as soon as i got back to the to to my room and you know we we, you know we watched the fight you know let your emotions run through and everything it was uh it was just you know i was just thinking i you know i just need to get back to the drawing board i need to figure out what went wrong what i need to do better and and this and that and actually it just so happened to be to have been the best thing that happened to me because had i won that fight i wouldn't have changed what i did and it would have hurt me later on down the line so i'm actually very grateful for for that loss because uh it's made me evolve even more as a fighter and some people you know they can evolve from win to win or you know most of the time you evolve the most obviously from losses but uh, I definitely feel like I I've I've evolved a hell of a lot um after this fight um I thought it was mad I just I just want to add that you know I think about I can't remember how many media outlets that said that I that even a Polish site thought that I'd won that fight so um yeah I thought you know it's 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 good that That I had people on my side, and then you know it it can bring more more hype leading up into the uh, into the next fight. But yeah, as soon as as soon as I left, um, as soon as I left, and you know got back home, we made the appropriate adjustments, and straight away we just started working on it. I was just focused on bringing the best out of myself, and uh, that's what I'm looking to go out and do on obviously on Saturday.
0: Absolutely. Now I I don't want you to give too much away because obviously you know you've got the fight coming up. The element of surprise is always a good thing. But is there something? (laughs) In particular, you feel like was was one of the biggest things you went back to the drawing board on
1: yeah, uh changing my training camp <laughs> that was uh that was probably you know one of the one of the main things, but you know that I think as a fighter now don't get me wrong they they helped me out so much they they gave me so many added skill sets they they got me to such a good level and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, at certain points in your career as a fighter, um, you need to make particular adjustments or you need to, you know, you need to find ways to to truly fill out your full potential. And, you know, it got to the point where they had helped me so much. And obviously they've done an amazing job, but I needed something else to be able to unlock even more of my skill set. Because I've been saying it in so many interviews previously that, you know, oh, like I've got I've got so much more to show. I haven't even shown everything. And it's just so true. And um I think at this level because, you know, uh the, the, the level the 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 differences in skill set is uh or sorry the discrepancy in skill set is very, very small. You know, most people can wrestle, most people can strike and then you know, most people got good jujitsu, you know, this is obviously the top level. You're not gonna be able to expose too many people on on, on, on certain aspects. Now there's like the sort of the, the the smaller things the 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 little things that are, that are going to make big changes and um, obviously moving that camp it just helped me to bring out my full self helped me to bring out more of what I know I have it just helped me to shine more where where my skill sets are and to just to bring them out of me it's just basically just to basically give my give myself a kick up the backside turn the lights on indoors do you know what I mean it felt like I I was fighting you know uh the lights are on and no one's home sort of thing and now it's like okay guess what daddy's home now do you know what i mean so that that's 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 literally what what it feels like now i just feel that they were able to uh and they've 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 been doing it over the past what 12 weeks they've been able to help me bring out more and more of my skill set and bring out my full potential and uh, it's looking very exciting obviously coming into saturday
0: well, obviously you've alluded to the, the camp change a couple of times here, but do you mind sharing with us both, you know, some of the details behind where the camp is now, who it's being run by, and also yeah. what what led you to that place of all places?
1: Yeah, so um, the original camp I was with was, uh, so my main coach stays the same as obviously my, my, my dad, my head coach, um, but I was training out of blood, sweat and tears, which was in uh, Northampton. Uh one one of the obviously big factors I guess you could say was it's about an hour and, you know, an hour an hour and a half drive, uh, you know, with traffic and everything to get there. And you know, I would I would go there, you know, two, three times a week and uh that, that was very stressful in itself. But now I've moved to uh, Team Titan and they're based in they're based in London, so they're obviously a hell of a lot closer for me. Not saying it's like, oh yeah, it's down the road, but it's still forty minutes, but it's you know, a, a much you know, a massive deduction in time, uh, in in terms of taking, away from my time throughout the day for, for recovery and stuff like that. So that's obviously one big factor. And then, uh, and then, yeah, um, It's, you know, and at Team Titan, they've got, you know, it's not often that I walk into a room and I'm the oldest guy in the room and I'm the shortest guy in the room. So for me to be in that sort of situation where you've got, you know, a lot of sparring partners, uh, all that are young, hungry, you know, trying to make it to the top and, you know, they really go at you and um yeah it's just the 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 strategical aspects works very well with my dad so yeah it just it was just the right move and and i'm so glad that i did it because uh like i say we we we, we definitely um unlocked unlocked the treasure unlocked the box to to what i i could really do in there
0: well we're looking forward to seeing it now let's talk about what you're going to do and where you're going to do it and that's fight khalil roundtree at ufc vegas 36 so uh, every opponent that you've faced so far has tried to take you down a couple of times. None of them have been successful, but they've all tried to take you down a couple of times. Khalil Rountree probably not going to do that. He's a guy who loves his <laughs> kickboxing and has really been leaning on it, especially since he's moved out in, into Thailand and, and started kickboxing out there. What are your thoughts on that? Is it finally having an opponent who's going to stand and bang with you if you want that to be the case? Like, what What, what are your thoughts on finally having that kind of matchup?
1: I mean, it's uh, obviously it's it's, uh, it's a very great matchup. I mean, just to start off with, obviously Khalil, he's he's like been been you know like an idol of mine. I remember when I just turned pro, I think that's when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, and and me and dad, we have like our little father-son, you know, sort of ritual watching Ultimate Fighter together. And we we were watching him and, you know, saw that he was doing well and stuff like that. So just one thing is I think it's quite cool where your idols become rivals. Now I'm going to be actually standing across the cage from him. So I think that's quite a cool uh, dynamic. But, um, yeah, obviously um he's he's a very powerful striker you know he's got a very good game and 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 stuff like that and it, it will be it's very interesting for me because obviously i believe that i'm superior with the striking aspect so uh it, it will be good to you know sort of lock horns with a guy who also has that same mentality and i'll I tell you what it's going to make for a very explosive fight for sure so it's uh it's just it's just very exciting for me because as a competitor you want to test yourself um you know and you want you want to be able to bring out the best of your your own particular strengths and stuff like that so uh, definitely this is a fight to be able to do so it's uh, it's very exciting
0: we think it's exciting as well now I, I do want to ask you you said you think that you're the better striker here and, and you want to test that part of yourself is that how you see this going give us a prediction how, how's this one end?
1: Listen, mate, I'll, I'll go in there for the finish every single time. Whenever I'm in there, I mean, as you saw in my last fight, I tried on a number of occasions to try and finish him. So I'm definitely going to be doing the same thing here. So, yeah, I'll, you know, I believe I'll go out there and finish him within three rounds. Um whether it goes to the ground, whether it stands, stays stood, whatever, wherever the wherever the fight goes, I'll be ready for it. So, uh, uh, like I said, I've been, been training and preparing hard. Uh, as you as you know, it's a, a cliche of many fighters, what they say, but you know, um, yeah. But I'm 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 in I'm truly in the best state possible. I've trained in every single aspect, and I'm ready. I'm ready for wherever it goes. But I'm looking to finish him within three rounds. And uh, yeah, that's all I can say on that.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This is Modestus Bukaskis who fights Khalil Roundtree at UFC Vegas 36 this upcoming weekend. Modestus, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Mate, thank you so much for having me on, mate. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Modestus Bukaskis. I, once again, am Daniel Gumby Vreeland, joined now by my co Shockwave Dave Tremonti. Dave, we saw a very impressive performance from Giga Chikadze on Saturday. He says he'd like to be a replacement for the title fight that's coming up. And if not, he wants to fight Max Holloway, who uh, kind of theoretically booked with the a. A. Rodriguez in November. At least that's the rumor. What do you want next for Giga Chikante? Uh,
2: You already said it. It's Max Holloway. First of all, if you listen to our show on the regular, you know, we've been on the Giga bandwagon for uh, forever since his UFC debut. I have not, it comes along once in a while where I'm this hyped on a prospect. And to me, this performance against Edson Barbosa, who is always dangerous on any given night, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for, that was, um, it, it was his Dennis Seaver. And what I mean to say by that is, uh, in Conor's fifth fight in the UFC, he beat Dennis Seaver in not anywhere as impressive fashion as Giga put away Edson Barbosa, and then Connor fought for the title next while he was supposed to fight for the title, but Aldo backed out. So he fought for an interim title. We're there now. So the only answer here is I could see him fighting Max, or potentially uh, m- maybe on a short notice if um, Brian Ortega loses, or maybe Volkanovski loses. I could see that. But other than that, it's title picture time, baby.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the only unfortunate thing for him is kind of the time frame. So you know, obviously with the title fight RDB in book for the end of September you know that that fighter is probably going to whoever wins that is probably going to fight the winner of Max and Yair should it actually happen um I I think there's a probability here that Yair Rodriguez winds up not fighting that fight seeming as, as we haven't seen him in two years and if that's the case book Giga with Max and let that be the number one contender fight but if those two fights do happen and we wind up with you know, Max versus Volkanovski 3, or Max versus Ortega 2, or Yair versus Volkanovsky, because Yair has got a hell of a claim too if he, he goes in there in Beast Modes Max. I think you might need to see one more win out of Giga, and if that's the case, I'd love to see a five round main event against Korean Zombie. Because, you know, like. It would be instant cred building for him. Not that Edson Barboza wasn't, but it would be like a little bit bigger of a name with Korean Zombie. It for sure would be fireworks, and it would answer any questions people have to say about his grappling, because Korean Zombie can grapple really well too. So I, I think there are a lot of options for him. And in, in while he's relatively fresh in the division, you know, being only seven and zero and only a couple years in the UFC and only a few years into being really dedicated to MMA. I think we got plenty of time and and we could rush him, but I also don't think we need to because there's plenty of fun fights too.
2: I agree. I think they're fun fights. I like Chan Sung Jung the most because it answers the grappling question. The problem is I like to book my fantasy book, my MMA fights by what questions does it answer? So I like that Chan Sung Jung answers a question. Him versus Josh Emmett, Arnold Allen, Calvin Cater, Yair Rodriguez, all fun fights. Yair Rodriguez sounds like a video game fight, but I already know the answer to that question. I I mean, Giga's going to be the favorite in all those fights. He's going to win any one of those fights, and he is a little older, especially at the featherweight division. I feel like we talk about this every fucking week when, you know, like, it ain't heavyweight, and he's in almost his mid-30s, I think, or lower 30s. I say, let's just go. Let's get him the biggest names imaginable and the biggest fights I want him fighting for a title by early 2022 or mid-2022, but
0: that's just me. Yeah, when I think if he beats Korean Zombie, that that's the timeline, right? He beats Korean Zombie, he probably fights early to mid-2022 for the belt, and uh, I'm here for it. All
2: right, let's get to our favorite segment on the show. It's sights, dogs, and parlays. Uh, I think we should bring up, though, before we get into this and who sponsors it and everything else, I always say we're pretty good at what we do. Uh, Are we on a roll with dogs
0: right now? We are. We've hit two underdogs in a row for a combined, I, I believe one was plus 65, one was plus 150. So you are making good money on us each and every week with our underdog. And one of the two parlays hit in those two weeks too, so we're three out of our last four. We call that in the industry a heater, so it is worth definitely bringing up we're on a heater.
2: Uh, yeah, so get out your pen and paper, start taking notes, Gumby, before we get into it, who sponsors this edition of Fight Dogs and Parlays.
0: Fight Dogs and Parlays is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, log your training sessions, tag training partners, techniques, log your competitions, weigh-ins, and so much more all right in the palm of your hand, get rid of that dirty jujitsu journal, and download Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps.
2: All right. Uh, Fun main event on an otherwise maybe underwhelming card, but who's going to stick their nose down or stick their nose up or whatever the phrase is at fights on a Saturday night? I'm still happy we're getting them, but the card, maybe not the best you've ever seen. However, this main event, fun. Darren Till, minus 175, the favorite. Derek Brunson, a plus 155 dog. Let's talk about Till, because he started his MMA career at 17-0. He started his UFC career at 2-0 with big wins over Donald Cerrone and Stephen Thompson, uh, Stephen Thompson, and then walked into Tyron Woodley and got Darstcho. Lost to Jorge Masvidal after that via KO. Uh, And then returned to middleweight. That was fighting at 170 and beat Kevin get- Kelvin Gessel in a split decision, but then lost to Robert Whittaker in July of 2020. So since debuting a 2-0 with wins over Stephen Thompson and Donald Cerrone, he is 1-3 and three in his last four and trying to get his career back on track. We've seen flashes of brilliance. We've also seen flashes of weakness, and we'll get into that in a second. And he's fighting Derek Brunson, who is surging. He's on a four-fight win streak, wins over Elias Theodoro, Ian Heinish. Edmund Shabavian, and Kevin Holland. If you want to peel it back further, he had back-to-back losses to Israel Adesanya via TKO and Jacare Sousa via TKO. That was coming off a win over Lyoto Machida way back in October of 2017. So he is 5-2 and in his last seven with the key losses coming to the very tippy-top of the division in Israel Adesanya and Jacare Sousa. This is also a man who lost to Anderson Silva via unanimous decision, Although I think some people actually thought he won it. Uh, also lost to the aforementioned Robert Whitaker. So he's a guy who loses to the tippy top of the
0: division. Is Darren Till the tippy top? Who are you taking? I'm going to actually take Derek Brunson. And I, I will be honest. I am very surprised he was an underdog in this fight. Uh, I did not see that coming at all because... I'm going to be honest, like, I think while Darren Till is a good striker and probably might even have the striking advantage here, I think a lot has been said about his takedown defense and how it's been hyped up. And I I think it's actually worse than people say it is. Like, people forget this is a guy who gave up a takedown to Jorge Masvidal, right? Like, Jorge Masvidal took Darren Till down, not the other way around. He took Darren Till down. He's given up a takedown in each of his last three fights, and he's fighting a guy who's almost like recommitted himself to his wrestling game. With all that being said, I think Derek Brunson can hang with him on the feet, and I think when he hangs with him on the feet, I I think the really cool thing about that is the mixing it up of the wrestling is enough to hurt Darren Till's chances on the feet. So while I think Darren Till might be a better pure striker, I think the takedowns, mixing it in there – I think it's going to be actually a a pretty easy time for Derek Brunson to find his rhythm on the feet.
2: You know, I see where you're going with that, and I don't hate it as a pick, and I always love a good underdog pick. I probably lean Till because I think Till at his best is going to pick apart Derek Brunson, Uh, but I never know with Till. I worry about him even on a mindset level. I don't know what Till we're going to get here. And it's one of those fights where I don't, I mean, we have enough evidence on Till to know who he is, but I get this feeling that he has a run in him and he hasn't necessarily fully found his peak MMA fighting form. And I hope we find it because I think he could be a guy that, you know, Maybe as a title win, I, I don't expect him to go on like a run with the middleweight belt, but when he's on, he's on. I lean tail, but I like your pick. Let's move to Tom Aspinall. He's a minus 290 favorite. The Sergi Spivak, a plus 225 dog. Uh, Aspinall is 10 and 2 in his MMA career, and he is undefeated in the UFC. Wins over Jay Collier, Alan Badeau, and Andre Arlovsky. Be a Rear Naked Choke back in February of 2021. So 3-0 and in the UFC is the Bama and Cage Warriors veteran, uh, and he'll be fighting a game opponent in Sergi Spivak, who's also on a three-fight win streak. you got to love when the UFC does this kind of matchmaking. After losing to Marcin Tybura, he beat Carlos Felipe, Jared Vandera, and Alexia Linick. And that is who we have going into this fight here. Both fighters on a three-fight win streak. Spivak, the big dog at plus 225, and Aspinall, minus 290 favorite. Who are you taking?
0: This one can be quick. I think this one's a layup. Tom Aspinall's the pick here. Uh, Sergey Spivak, if you talk about all of those pass fights that you did that he had won, largely the way that he does that is he just... Puts a guy up against the cage. He sort of out-physicals him. Uh, He's got decent striking, but mostly it's a mean to an ends to get the guy up against the cage. Wear on him. Maybe try to take him down. Tom Aspinall is not a guy you can do that to. The dude is an absolute beast. He's huge. He's got great takedowns in his own right, and he's got absolute hammers for hands. I'm saying Tom Aspinall here. He probably gets the knockout, too.
2: Yeah, very Aspinall, very exciting. uh, Fun prospect at heavyweight. We'll move then... And, you know, we spoke about an underwhelming card. Typically, on fights, dogs, and parlays, we break down the top three biggest fights. And here we are, I guess, in the third fight from the top that we like the most. And it's Molly McCann on a two-fight losing streak against Ji-Yeon Kim on a one-fight losing streak. And, uh, you know, just maybe not something you really got to put the kids to bed for and make sure you're watching this one. But... Nonetheless, it's a fun fight because Vegas has them at both minus 110, which is to say they don't know what to make of it. Uh, what do you make of it? And I will just say that McCann's losses are coming off. Talia Santos, Clara Procopio, those are the two losses in a row. She did have three wins before that, so three and two in her last five. And Jeon Kim made her UFC debut back in 2017. Since that time, she is a uh, three and three, a 500 fighter. Who are you taking?
0: I'm taking Molly McCann. I, I think the interesting thing for her here is she's actually got the wrestling on her side, too. While a lot of people think of Molly McCann as a boxer, she she can mix in the wrestling pretty well here. And yee on Kim, she looks good with the hands. She's pretty good at, you know, picking away at people. She obviously showed she was not anywhere near the level of boxer she needs to be to be, like, a title challenger. Because Alexa Grosso just kind of beasted on her last time. I think Molly McCann's got the hands to hang with her, and I think when she mixes in the wrestling, similar to like how I like Derek Brunson here, I think mixing in the wrestling enough makes yee on Kim tentative enough that Molly McCann's boxing gets an uptick, and plus she scores with the takedown. So I'm going Molly McCann here.
2: Our dog of the week is Julian Arosa,
0: plus 170.
2: He's fighting Charles Jordan. Let's hear it.
0: So I love Julian Arosa, Juicy J, as they, they call him, uh, for a lot of reasons. But number one in this fight is... Julian Arosa largely does well against guys who are willing to mix it up with Julian Arosa. in um, guys who have a more measured approach tend to have a tougher time, or uh, he tends to have a tougher time with. But Charles Jourdain's not that guy. Charles Jordan wants to mix it up. He wants to make it dirty. He wants to make it ugly. He wants to have a fun striking match. And when you find that with Julian Arosa, it typically doesn't end well. Because, you know, if you look at his last two fights since the UFC rehired him, with the exception of the Sungwoo Choi loss, he did flying knee knockout Nate Landwehr, who is also a big puncher. Sean Woodson, who likes to, uh, you know, mix it up and get dirty too, got stunned by Julian Arosa. And Daris choked. You want to go back to him on the Contender Series. He head kicked knocked out Jamal Emmers, a guy who's not afraid to mix it up. So... I think Charles Jourdain goes in there. He accepts kind of a gritty fight, and uh, I'd say Julian Arosa turns the lights off here, and at plus 170, love the price tag.
2: All right. I like it. Partly to play is Marc-Andre Baralt and Molly McCann. Uh, Baralt, the minus 155 favorite, McCann betting off at minus 110. Pair that together, though, and you get plus 215 odds. Break it down.
0: So I already talked about why I like Molly McCann. I think she mixes up the wrestling here very well, and I think that makes her a smart play. The reason I like Barrio in this fight against Dolce Lugiam Bula is one of the things Dolce has shown in his fights is he tires very quickly. He's a huge man for 185 pounds. To be honest, he was a huge man for 205 pounds when he was there. So coming down to 185 pounds, you got to imagine he's going to tire even worse. He's fighting a guy who has an iron chin, an iron will and sets a great pace. So he's a guy who's going to get hit probably, but he's not going to get knocked out by Dolce Lugiam I expect Lugiam to win the first round, probably fade and get knocked out in the second or third by Dario, which seems to be what he's doing lately. He's won two in a row, pretty much doing exactly that. And I think he got a gift wrap opponent for his third straight.
2: Boom. We sure hope you enjoyed this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. We'll be tweeting along as the show goes on. We love to do that at Top Turtle MMA. Let us know if we did you right. Let us know if we did you dirty in these picks. Gumby, this train is a-rumbling down the tracks. Choo-choo. Where are we going next?
0: Well, we're going to transition now to my interview with Dustin Jacoby, who is fresh off of his big TKO win over Darren Stewart this past weekend at UFC Vegas 35. We're going to get that interview for you right now. All right, and joining me now is Dustin Jacoby, fresh off of his KO victory over Darren Stewart this past weekend at UFC Vegas 35. So, Dustin, let's start by keeping it simple. How you feeling right now after your first uh, big finish in the UFC?
3: Hey, what's going on, Dan? Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I feel great, man. I just got back to Denver. I apologize, I lost my voice a little bit yesterday. So, uh, just enjoying the the victory and. And, uh, yeah, man, I couldn't be happier if the fight went exactly as I planned and how I envisioned it. And and uh, here we go, man, back back to Denver, back to work, get ready. To-
0: Absolutely. Now, I, I want to ask you in there, too, you said it went exactly to plan, but, uh, you know, Darren Stewart came out of the gate there in that fight, shooting for takedowns, kind of, you know, rapid fire. He went for a couple real quick. He got you to the seat of your pants, but maybe didn't hold you down, didn't maybe finish a takedown. Were you surprised he went for him that quick and was, was that desperate to shoot the takedown? You know, I, I wasn't surprised. I, I didn't think it would be that
3: quick. But at the same time, um, I knew he was going to shoot on me. I knew he was going to try and wrestle me. And any day, man, I, I rewatched the fight. The first uh, the first high kick I threw, at the, you know, that's when he tried taking advantage. And he, t- and he get, did a nice clean takedown right there. But I was able to get right back up to my feet. Um, and then caught him with a nice knee right before he took me down again. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I was comfortable, you know, I, I, I'm just getting more and more comfortable. The more time I spend inside the octagon and, and, uh, you know, the more I continue training MMA, a lot of people forget that I was, I uh, doing professional kickboxing from 2013 to 2019 and, you know, chasing a world title in that, uh, combat sports. So I didn't do much jujitsu or groundwork, but I feel like my game's evolving, uh, nicely. And, and, uh, you know, I'm excited with the position I put myself in.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that position you're putting yourself in and a few other aspects of the performance. But I do want to talk about the grappling, too. You you said, you you know, obviously you were away all that time with kickboxing. You probably did a little bit less grappling in that time. What, what pieces of your game do you feel like are coming around the fastest when it comes to grappling, even if we're not seeing a ton of it in the cage, especially because, you know, you are either getting back up or stuffing these takedowns pretty easily? Yeah, the, you know that's
3: part of my game. I am a kickboxer, and and I do enjoy standing and training on the feet. So a lot of my grounding gets overlooked. But uh, you know we're making improvements every day in the gym. I've got a a great partner in Cody Brundage, who's an excellent wrestler. Wrestler, and I, I'm working on. I've got really long arms and limbs, so I've been working a lot of the uh, the head and arm chokes, the, um, you know things of that nature. So. I think, man, I haven't re- really been able to show them off that much in the cage because I do like standing and training so much. But just know that they're there, man. I know they're there. I think they're great tools to have in, in the uh, toolbox. And we're and,
0: uh, constantly sharpening them. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned in there that you're starting to find your rhythm. And it, it seemed like in this fight you found the distance in your rhythm pretty much right away. It seemed like there was no feeling out process. Pretty much the first thing you threw seemed like it was in the right range and in the right distance and in the right timing. What, what do you think contributed to it just looking so easily against a guy who can be kind of a tough out in Darren Stewart?
3: Well, I just, like I say, often, man, I've been through it to get to it. You know, I've been, uh, I've been around the block for a decade now, man. You know, I made my UFC debut a decade ago. I, I was in there, you know, two fights and done, got cut, and just continued fighting on. And, uh, you know, I just get more and more comfortable with each uh, visit that I that I each time I grace the octagon. And uh, it's just, I, I'm just relaxed, man. I feel really good in there. And, and uh, it's like my boy Kevin Kisner says,
0: one of my favorite golfers, he says, this ain't no hobby, boys. Absolutely. I love that. Love that. Now, with this win, it moves you up to 3-0-1 since your return to the UFC. You mentioned you're 0-2 the first time, but 3-0-1 this time, undefeated in four bouts with just a a tough draw in the middle there. Do do you expect when these new rankings come out, and they should come out probably in a few hours at the time of us talking, do you expect to see a number next to your name when, when those rankings come out?
3: You know, I I don't know, man. Of course, that would be awesome. Uh, I, that that would be great, baby. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, at the same time, uh, we'll just have to see, man. Um, it, you know, I I don't want to jump the gun, but I do feel like I'm ready for that top fifteen, top twenty uh, type guys. And and uh, yeah, man. Now you got me curious. I can't wait to see the uh, with the, the updated rankings.
0: For sure, for sure. Now you said top fifteen, top twenty guy. I know you're not the kind of guy who, who's got a whole bunch of names on your your list and is calling people out or getting at them on Twitter or anything like that. But are there names out there that you're interested in? Is there the, a type of opponent you're interested in that you'd like to see uh, if you do get that crack at the next, you know, top 15, top 20 guy next? You know, Ben, I'd have to look at the
3: I'd have to look at the rankings and look at the names. You know, I am a fan of the sport, but there's so many guys now and things change so quick and there's fights every weekend that I couldn't even tell you exactly who's in the top 15. So I'm going to sit down and take that look. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just roll with the punches, man. I, I accept any challenge that's given to me. And I, you know, I'm a kickboxer and, and the fans love it when two people go toe to toe. So, um, you know, of course I'd enjoy, you know, fighting another striker and, and, uh, you know, everybody, it seems like everybody's
0: a striker until they fight me. Everybody says they're a striker <laughs> and then they turn into a wrestler. That that does seem to be the case. Now, you know, I'd I'd love to see you in there with a striker too. But more importantly, I'm I'm curious now since you know we won't know who that is for quite a bit of time. Do you have a time frame? It it seems like you came out of there fairly unscathed. Is there a time that you would like to get back in there and mix it up again?
3: I did. I came out uh, very healthy, very happy, and uh, no injuries, man. So, uh, you know, that's that's and that's. It's kind of frustrating too. I don't know if frustrating is the word, but I remember I was taking a shower right after there, and then it was like, man, you know, that's already over. It's right back to work. You know, it's it's a, it's hard, man, when you're when you're constantly, you know, chasing that 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 uh, just that goal, and you're just chasing that dream. It's just never ending, man, and and uh, it's just right back to work, man. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see what lies ahead.
0: All right, well, you heard it here first, folks. This is Dustin Jacoby, fresh off of his TKO victory over Darren Stewart this past weekend at UFC Vegas 35. Dustin, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it.
3: Hey, thank you, man. Uh, We'll have to get together again after my next victory.
0: And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We wouldn't have a show without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, Maroon Social and Better Than Vegas. And of course the mothership, CageSidePress.com, for keeping us on the air every single week. Of course, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TopTurtleMMA. MMA. We've got all kinds of good stuff going up there each and every day, and of course, fight night content as well. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, he, is Shockwave Dave Tremonte. and we will catch you then.